Welcome to Thriving in Business and Life. I'm Christopher Harding. And I'm Will Wilkinson. Well, today we're going to cover the content in Module 1 of our online course, The Power of Stories. Yeah, stories are are so interesting because I, I was actually in a workshop and coaching session the other day and we were talking about why stories matter. And they said, well, what do you, what do you mean by stories, actually, mm-hmm. when you say the power of stories or you know, that we all create stories, what do you mean? And really what we got to talking about was the difference between the facts yeah. and the meaning we impose on those facts. Right, and that we're always telling stories, and we're not really living the facts, we're living our stories about the facts. Right, and so, you know, you start to think about that um, just in day-to-day interactions, you know, whether it's with my wife or with a client or with friends, uh, you know, how aware am I that I'm actually interacting with them based on the the frame of reference of the story I've mm-hmm. created about a relationship or mm-hmm. who I am in it, who they are in it. Right. I mean, typically speaking, we're just not aware that we're doing that. Well, no, we go unconscious. We forget that this is a story that we made up. And then we fight with each other based on our conflicting stories. I had an interesting experience with a friend the other day. We were locked, not not quite in mortal combat, but we were definitely having an argument. And then we both sort of stopped for a moment. And I said, hey, want to tell a different story? And she said, oh, okay. And, and we treated it like a game. We recognized in that moment that we'd gone unconscious. Right. We'd forgotten that we had authored these stories. And we weren't enjoying ourselves. So we just abruptly stopped and said, let's tell a different story. And it got a lot more enjoyable. Well, so let, let's let's play with that a little bit. You've, you've got me thinking. Um, so what would be the signs that I need to pay attention to the story I'm acting out? Because we're always doing it, and, and it's not like we have to be you know, hyper, super conscious all the time. So what would, what would be the signals to me that I maybe should take a look at the story I'm acting out? Well, for me, the sure sign is that I feel like a victim. Okay. I feel disempowered. I feel that I'm, I'm at, at the whim of other forces I can't control, and I start to get resentful. So that means that I've forgotten that I made it up. You know, you know what's interesting when you talk about that is, is, you know, if I'm feeling like a victim in a situation, the other person might be feeling like a victim at the same time. And so I, I guess at that moment, conflict would be one clue, right? right. Uh, the other one would be, like you say, I start to feel like a victim. Yeah. And, you know, it gets in that situation to the point of, well, I'm more of a victim than you are. Yeah. Let's compare our battle scars. And, you know, I'm just remembering what Carl Sandburg said, apparently, that we tell stories so that we don't feel so alone. Interesting. I thought that was quite a poignant comment because storytelling is built into our species. We are a species that tells stories. Tell me if you've ever done this. I I think this is pretty human normal. So um, let's say you've had a a situation that didn't go exactly the way you wanted. And That's happened a few times. <laughs> and, and afterwards, you know, you're, you've driven away or you're back at home, whatever, and you're still rerunning mm-hmm. the story in your mind. Right. As a matter of fact, you might be even like interjecting things that you wish you'd said mm-hmm. or yeah. ways that you wish you could have turned around yeah. or responded differently. I mean, you know, that, that just the awareness to start to consider... What's the story I'm acting out here? Well, 
speaking for myself, because I relate totally to what you're saying, that's happened often, in fact, happened yesterday, driving home from a meeting, rehearsing, you know, I should have said that, why did I say that? And why did that person do that? All these stories swirling around. For me, the remedy is to choose a different identity. So instead of being a victim or a passive participant or the savior or any of those roles, I pick up the role either of a student, you know, what can I learn from what happened to expand my experience, or an experimenter in the laboratory. Okay, <laughs> this experiment failed. Sometimes they do. But what is it in service to? Like, what are we working on where I could learn from what happened and when I run the experiment again, do better? Well, and, you know, as, as we've talked about when we, you know, put out the book Thriving in Business and Life and with the, the course we've created around that, the idea is what are the practices that help us keep getting back to a thriving state of mind? And I say keep getting back to because we all fall off that wagon regularly throughout the day, at least I do. And, and my experience is a lot of other people to do too. So the idea is how can we keep practicing getting back into a thriving state of mind. And I love what you just described because that's a way of you getting back into more of a thriving state of mind instead of being in survival mode. Well, exactly. And we talk about a different mindset, upgrading the software of our minds, rebooting. We use these computer analogies, which are actually quite helpful because just consider the statement you made a moment ago, falling off the wagon. Right, right. Okay, that's a mindset. Yeah. Right, and we all kind of buy into that. Oh, I, I said I was never going to eat chocolate for a month. I just fell off the wagon. I, I bought a Snickers. I'm uh, going to quit drinking, going to work out at the gym, the New Year's resolutions. All these bargains we make with ourselves. Sometimes impossible <laughs> bargains. And then we fall off the wagon. Well, that mindset is all about should. I should do this. I should do that to measure up to some standard usually unconscious of behavior where we identify with someone who's struggling. I'm struggling and I'm not making it. And the ideal state would be that I'd, I'd be able to make it and stay on the wagon all the time. Well, that's a mindset. That's a story. And right, we could change right. that story. Well, yeah, and that's why I say I love your, your notion of being the experimenter or yeah. the student that we're, we're always on a, on a learning path and so we're going to learn that some things work well uh, some things you know bring more uh, you could say natural growth and development and some things seem to keep us stuck right. and I, I uh, as you know I've had a mentor for years and, and he always said he chooses again he's making a choice not to talk about negative behaviors and positive mm. behaviors, but to talk about productive and counterproductive, yes, right? right? Because how's this working for you? Yeah. You know, is, if it's working well for you, great. You don't have to think about it at all. Just keep doing it till it doesn't work. Right, and uh, a lot of our listeners will recognize the, uh, the recent work on asset-based communication and development where you begin with the positive. Right. You know, I was in a meeting uh, yesterday, a fairly intense uh, business meeting, strategy meeting, and the facilitator really understands the power of story. And so he had us begin with positive stories. So we had assets What's to working? draw on. Yeah. What is working? And and starting there, there's a sense, well, oh, good. Oh, something's working. Now let's look at what's not working and apply what's working towards that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, and and one of the things that we've, we've explored a lot, and, and I, I love the fact that there's so much brain science around this now, is that 
our brains are are wired for storytelling. I mean, they're actually saying that storytelling is is just a natural part of the way our human brains function. We we operate within a within a story, and so since we're doing that, part of what we're saying here, I guess, is that let's just be aware of what the story is, and when things start to go off track or become counterproductive, to say, how do I need to reframe this story so that it works better. Well, and we can also do it uh, proactively in a preventative sense. A lot of people have stories they're telling, we are telling, I'll include myself, certainly, about the future. Right. And a sense of resignation to things being a certain way, like aging, and my brain's going to fail as I get older. Not necessarily so. More and more research is discovering that brains, for instance, can actually improve even as you get older, neuroplasticity. Right, so right. we can also examine, not waiting for a crisis that you know is in our face, we gotta change the story, but kind of reflect on the stories that are built in. Like in this meeting I was in the other day, yesterday, one of the participants trotted out a story relative to a project we're working on. The story was full of limitations. And fortunately the facilitator caught this and said, well, um, you know, that's what you believe. Do you have proof of that? Uh, no, he made that up. So the facilitator was able to help him realize that he was creating a limiting story and resigning himself to a future that he was creating. Remembering Henry Ford, I think it was, said, whether you believe it's true or not, you're right. Right, yeah. Now that's yeah. the power of story right there. Yeah, well, and, and we've, we've talked about this before. When we say our brains are wired for storytelling, the other part of it is is that our, our brains also you know, have this mechanism that's looking to confirm what we believe is, is true. Yeah, if I'm a hammer, I want to see nails. Right, <laughs> and so it's, it's, you know, I, uh, it's helpful for me to realize that I will be searching out for evidence to prove that my story yeah. is true rather than when things start to not work say i wonder what's i wonder what's wrong here i wonder how my story is not you know set up in such a way that it allows for success mm -hmm. or allows for a breakthrough well you see this in the political spectrum certainly where the two sides can cherry pick data from the same pool and come up with opposite conclusions right right they're telling diametrically opposing stories supposedly sourced from the same data. Well, using the same facts and yeah. applying a different meaning to them. And so, yeah, I guess the, the, the opportunity is, you know, for us to realize that we can become hypnotized by our own stories or addicted to our own stories in such a way that we become unwilling to consider the possibility yeah. that this story I'm acting out may not be entirely true or may not be the only way to approach it. And you know, one thing I want to bring up relative to that, and I, I think this is particularly relevant to us guys who still uh, labor under the John Wayne complex, that we should be self-sufficient, is to ask for help. You know, right, if, if right. I'm lost, it's probably a good idea to ask for directions. And I think we can get preventative about some of the situations we've got into, head them off the path, so to speak, by asking for help. Like, I wouldn't particularly say, hey, Chris, do you think I'm hypnotized in a story right now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd put it that way, but I might say, you know, I'm having a little trouble with this. Is there something I'm not seeing? 
Right, right. Well, yeah, that asking for help uh, uh, element, I think, is is important. And, and, you know, for all of us, it's the willingness to, to run our story by somebody else and say, here's, here's my version of what's going on. What else do you see? Or how could I look at this differently? So I'm, I'm intentionally trying to get a different perspective on it. So Yeah, and just to be clear, this is very practical stuff because we're all dealing with conflicts, we're dealing with problem situations, and what we're recommending here is to include this in our strategies, to right. include the fact that we're making up stories about the situation we're trying to resolve, well, and so is everybody else. Exactly, and so here, here's something that we practice with clients, and we try to remember to do it for ourselves because you know we're as, uh, I guess you could say, we have the same tendency everybody else does to sure. get caught up in a story that isn't working. And so when we're working with a client, it would be a lot of times, okay, they're looking at a result, they're not happy with that result. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, we identify that, and then we say, well, so what was your mindset or story mm -hmm. about the situation to begin with? Right. What, what led you to take the actions you took that eventually led to this outcome you're not happy with. Okay, so uh, totally agreed. And we just kind of leapt over the usual tendency, which is to examine behaviors. Only, yeah. Only, you know, what did I do to cause this result? Right, Rather than right. what was I thinking that caused me to do what I do, to do what I did that caused this result? Yeah. There's that other step in the middle there uh, where we tend to fasten our attention. I'll change the behavior, change the result. But as we say in our course, we've got to change our mindset. Right, and that's that's something I learned well from from uh, Bill Guillory, his whole mindset model of what's your attitude about this situation, what's your belief about it, uh, what are, you know what as we say, what's your story about it, and then as you said, how's that leading me to act? Because if I change my behavior only and I'm still thinking the same yeah, thing, yeah. it's probably not going to work very well for very long at least. Well, it's not, and we're also going to get into defensiveness. One, one of the modules, one of the elements in module one of our course on the power of story is the, the fact that we have a habit of lying. <laughs> right, that may seem a right. little harsh, but whether it's a fish story or a slight exaggeration or forgetting what happened, we have a tendency to support our stories right. with fabrications. And we all know the experience of suddenly feeling like we're backed into the corner. We said something. It wasn't entirely true. We get challenged on it. And now, what do we do? Well, do we admit yeah. or do we fortify? I'll, I'll give you an example of this. So I was getting some coaching uh, some years back, and I had a, a boss that I interacted with that for me, he was really challenging. Mm -hmm. I felt he was unfair. I had a whole story going about him, sure. and I was the victim, of course, yeah. in that story. Uh, and I was gonna, I was gonna rectify this not by creating a real amicable relationship, but by basically overpowering him. Right? <laughs> Quite a strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, so effective. <laughs> but what what ended up the coaching I got was, uh, you know, initially. You know, to look at my mindset and what behavior was that leading to. And I quickly forgot that first part. Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing the things that I'd been told to do that would improve the situation. Mm -hmm. And when he didn't immediately respond, mm -hmm. because I hadn't changed my mindset, mm -hmm. I went, see, I even changed my behavior and he's yeah. still being the same yeah. person because yeah. I hadn't been willing to yeah. alter the story. And it wasn't until I, you know, my coach really called me on it. 
and said, no, you, you, you've got to really go in there and act as if he's your ally. Mm. Act as if he's essential to your success. How would you behave towards somebody who's an ally? Wow, what a great point. So, in other words, until we change the mindset, we can change behaviors and we're not going to change the results. It's, yeah. Not, not long term. Yeah, it becomes difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, the, you know, how well, you well, change Well, just, just, just to yeah. interject, because I'm excited about the point you made. In that example, because you didn't change your mindset, you were still looking for right. proof yes. that you were right. Even though intellectually you'd understood something about changing it, you were still, the mindset was, I'm going to find proof that I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and you and did. I, and I did, of course. I mean, all he had to do was show up and be him, right? And I could make that mean yeah. whatever yeah. I wanted to make Very it clever. Mean. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, isn't it? Is we are very clever. Yeah, in Very slippery. In in. In a way, deceiving ourselves. Yeah, we we right. cherry pick the facts. Sure, we we apply we apply meaning to them to to confirm mm -hmm. what we already believe to be the case, mm -hmm. and contrary evidence we kind of set aside or or that was an aberration. You know, yeah. they're not really like that. If right. it's something good, and I'm thinking yeah. there's something bad. The the other thing too is is that whole idea of in order to change the habit. Of the story I've been acting out, like you said, we we've found it for ourselves and certainly for our clients that it's absolutely essential to ask for help to yeah. get somebody alongside of us. So that if I come to you and say, "Hey, Will, here's the situation I've had, and 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 here's the story I've been telling, and and here's you know, help me figure out a new story that will work mm -hmm. better." Mm -hmm. And you know, we do that, and then. I ask you, and, and maybe you even volunteer to say, hey, let me check in with you in a week mm -hmm. and see how it's going. Mm -hmm. That process right there, simple as that is, has me start to become more conscious of whether I'm reverting back to the old story mm -hmm. or whether I'm in the process of really acting out the new one. Well, and why that works is because we are communal creatures. We're meant to be on teams. We're meant to work together in community. And when we extract ourselves and get into the Lone Ranger complex, then we've got to develop a whole arsenal of defenses and strategies to bolster ourselves up because that's an unnatural way to live. You know, I, w I was sitting in a, a spiritual, a religious meeting recently, and I, I loved what they were saying. They said, you know, we're created as relational beings. That yeah. was how they were, were yeah. framing it. And that that we're actually in relationship with each other is when we are at our best, because that's mm -hmm. how we're designed. And I mm -hmm. thought that was a, a lovely notion, right? Well, you're reminding me of some research I did on eco-perception a few years back, where the author was talking about how in our culture we're designed or programmed to see objects instead right. of relationships. Right. And she right. has a five-step uh, process for improving your eco-perception. Interesting term. One of them is to begin to deliberately see relationships instead of objects. And I find that's very interesting because, for instance, working on projects, we can see objects as the goals. This is what we're getting accomplished, rather than the relationships where we're doing it together. That's what makes the difference. Well, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back on some of the most successful projects I've had a chance to work on. And part of the reason why they worked is because the project was a vehicle for the relationship. Yeah. Versus the relationships being a, an element of the project. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of built into the lean approach to business, too, that every enterprise is a learning enterprise. Regardless of the widgets you're making, the real focus is to keep learning. Yeah, well, and, and, and constantly improve, a recognition yeah. that we can, we can always be improving. It, it's, it's interesting. So I had a chance to work with, with Toyota for a few years, and you know, lean kind of grew out of what they call the Toyota way. And I noticed a difference between the way we tend to do lean in the U.S. Mm. and how maybe it was originally envisioned. Lean can become, not always, but it can become uh, very goal-oriented about, it's yeah. all about the improvement. Right. For them, in my experience of it, at least with them, was that it was all about how valuing and including each other's ideas and nurturing those mm -hmm. relationships, you know, helped create this 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 goal of learning. And, and so those were, you could say, outputs of having really great relationships together. Well, and it also highlights the um, significance of kind of the overriding mindset. Like, what are we doing? What are the goals? What are the values here? My wife and I were just in New Zealand, and we noticed a profound difference in communication down there. Here, you know, let's say you need direction somewhere, you go ask a person, they'll tell you three blocks that way, two blocks that way, you're there. New Zealand, it's an opportunity to build relationships. So it's going to take 10 minutes. You're going to learn about their cousin who used to live where you're going, and they, they're in no hurry to complete the conversation. And I realized that they're telling different stories. There's something they call the Kiwi way, which is really about building relationship, and they'll say, well, we live in a village. It's only three million people in our little country. They have a different national story going than we do. Yeah, which is part of their culture, yeah. right? And so, so you think about that as, as you're telling that story. I'm just flashing through my mind with some of my clients who are very speed oriented, mm. uh, fail fast. Um, you know, which I, I understand that and make decisions. You know, come to a good decision quickly. Mm. Um, so speed is a story we have in U.S. business culture. Mm -hmm. uh, efficiency, we yeah. refer to it as making decisions quickly, you know. And so one of the things that is a challenge a lot of times is for people to realize that you can build relationship and still be fast. Exactly. And, and we refer to it as, as uh, deep time. That's yeah. a concept we, we picked up from, from uh, really a lot of African cultures is that in a minute, mm. we can really see each other, appreciate each other, and honor each other, and still accomplish something together if we're focused on honoring each other. Well, and if we understand the process rather than just be focused on the outcome, an old analogy, I remember it's way out of date now, but it's still pretty good, is the way a blacksmith works with metal. Mm. He doesn't try and beat cold steel. <laughs> he heats the steel up until it becomes malleable and then it's easy to move it it's easy to change it and I think in a lot of cases we're beating cold steel yeah. we're trying really hard to get results instead of taking the time to warm things up we had an example here the other day we had a, a meeting here in our company and I kind of showed up with interest in getting things done and I had my list and uh, it was your wife actually who you know heard a little bit of this and said is this really what we want to be doing Right. And bless her because she realized that we were about to start beating the hell out of some cold steel. Right. And instead, right. we diverted and had, you know, pretty lengthy conversation 
more personal, building our relationships because we hadn't seen each other in a month. Yeah, we've been yeah. away, and then you can probably remember it sort of turned at a, at a moment, and we got down to business and got things done much quicker. Right, because right. we had taken the time to build back our relationships. Well, and relationship-oriented cultures tend to more naturally un- understand this. Um, you know, men in U.S. culture, especially, have were kind of acculturated to be very task-oriented, right. and that was the story: was get it done. Yeah, right. And check, so check things off the list. Check things <laughs> off the list, and so part of what we. You know, became aware of is that we needed to really have people look at how many times did they have to redo something mm-hmm. because they were in such a hurry to get it done mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. and had they taken a little bit more time up front with as you said warming up the steel so to yeah. speak and really yeah. learning better which is part of the lean process uh, they call it digging around the roots of the tree right. in the original right. Toyota way then you know if we take the time to do that how much better is the result and how maybe we don't have to redo it because we took the time to do it right the first time. Well, we're all familiar with that saying, why do we never have enough time to do it right, but we've got enough time to do it over? Yeah. You know, the other story I think that that comes up that we're all uh, vulnerable to is gossip. Yeah. Uh, Stories that get told about other people. And... You know, it's really interesting because we're wired for storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the brain scientists tell us and anthropologists mm-hmm. confirm, mm-hmm. right? Then hearing a juicy story about somebody else sets off a, a certain part of our brain to really listen and maybe even want to repeat that. So we have kind of a remedy for that. It's called I've Got Your Back. And if somebody came to me talking about another person, I would stop them and say, hey, have you talked to them about this? And they would probably say no. And I'd say, you know, you probably really should go talk to them about it. Or if they say yes, it's like, well, maybe you need to talk with them again. Can I help be part of that conversation to help straighten it out with you? Yeah. You know, I had an image come up the uh, moment or two ago as we were talking here of how we all use remote controls. You know, we change channels. Right, right, What would it be like if we could never change channels? if you just only could watch that one program. So when we talk about stories and changing stories, it's kind of like, well, don't be afraid to use your remote. Yeah, yeah, change the channel. Change the channel. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is. I mean, you know, it's the whole idea of creating a new story, a new chapter. You know, if, if the last chapter didn't end the way I wanted it to, well, time to create a new chapter and reframe it and set it up differently. Yeah, I mean, we're all editing the story of our lives anyway. all the time and until we get to the end of it we've got latitude as the author as the producer as the the director and the main actor in our own life story yeah yeah well and i i think that it's, it's interesting to I mean if it's turning into a tragedy we could tell a different story and make it a romance or a comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and that takes again probably takes some help yeah in help having somebody help us really Stay, stay with that. So, hey, do, do we want to give our listeners a little homework here? Sometimes we like to give them a, a little task, something to do. We've been talking about the power of story here. What's something that our listeners could do this week before our next podcast relative to this theme? Well, you know, so let's just take something that we, we try to do regularly ourselves uh, with varying degrees of success. Um, that when you see that you're in conflict or you feel yourself being maybe the victim or maybe even uh, being accused of being an oppressor in a situation, to stop and go, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. 
what's the story I want to tell? Here? Yeah. How do I, what's the role I want to take yeah. on? And then practice actually acting out that role. How would the person in that role act in this situation? Good. Okay, so everybody listening, that's your assignment for this week. There will be a test. (laughs) (laughs) Namely, all the situations you face in the future. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we call it in our online training the weekly game challenge, you know. So, and it is a game, so let's not take ourselves too seriously here. Yeah, let's let's uh, also let you know that if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at thrivinginbusinessandlife at gmail.com, and you can get more information about all of this information at thrivinginbusinessandlife.com. A lot of fun talking with you again. I'm Will Wilkinson. And I'm Christopher Harding. See you again next week.